Welcome to this podcast from Central, Jesus at the Heart. More information is available from www.jesusattheheart.org. Would you turn, if you have a Bible, would you turn to uh, John's Gospel and chapter 20 and just a couple of verses from John's Gospel, chapter 20. And it says this. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they've put him. They've taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they've put him. Mary Magdalene was the first person at the tomb on that day, and she believed something about Jesus that most people in this world believe about Jesus today. Maybe even some of you. She believed something very significant about Jesus. And she'd been with Jesus. She was perhaps um, the closest female person, apart from Mary, the mother of Jesus, to Jesus. And she'd probably hung around him for three years. So she'd heard him teach. She'd seen him walk. She'd seen him perform miracles. She believed that he was a great teacher. She believed that he healed people, that perhaps when he said he was the son of God, maybe he was the son of God because deaf people heard and lame people walked and blind people saw and it was an incredible thing to hang around Jesus. She, she understood that he had changed the whole nature of the debate around compassion in the Roman world because there was no compassion in the Roman world and Jesus was introducing it and reawakening it in a Jewish world. So she believed a whole stack of things about Jesus, but that morning she believed one thing very significant about Jesus that perhaps you believe about Jesus, perhaps most people believe about Jesus. She believed that Jesus was dead, that he was dead, that the whole thing was done, that the whole journey had been completed, that it was a remarkable trip, but he was dead. They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we do not know where they have put him. You probably know the story. Roman execution, crucifixion, was perhaps the most barbaric way to die. It was horrific, and once you had died, you weren't treated as a human being. You weren't buried in some kind of nice posh grave. You certainly didn't have flowers or a memorial service. In fact, you were taken out of the grave, and you were just thrown into the council dump. And so because Jesus was important and Jesus was loved and Jesus was followed, two very important guys, one called Nicodemus and one called Joseph of Arimathea, come to talk to Pilate. They beg Pilate, probably they bribe Pilate for Jesus' body. And they get Jesus' body. And they take it down from the cross and they embalm it and they wrap it and they get him to the tomb and they put him in a tomb and they seal the tomb with a huge rock And then the tomb is guarded because Jesus was hot property. Jesus was big news. And there have been rumors about certain things that might happen if Jesus was dead. And so they guarded the tomb. And here's the thing. Nobody was standing outside of the tomb counting down from 10. Nobody. 
Nobody was going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6. Nobody was waiting on that morning for the moment that Jesus would come out of the tomb because nobody believed that it was going to happen. Everyone, just like some of you, thought Jesus is dead. Nobody. Mary, closest female follower, somebody has stolen the body. Luke's gospel. Mary, Mary, and Joanna, somebody has taken the body. They run back to the mighty men of God, the disciples, and listen to the scriptures. They did not believe the women because their words seemed to be nonsense. Huh. I could say so many things. They did not believe the women because they believed their words to be nonsense. They thought Jesus was dead. Peter runs to the tomb. He sees the the, the grave clothes folded up and he doesn't run away praising and saying, he is risen, he is risen. No, no, he went away wondering, we're told, to himself what had happened. Nobody thought it was going to happen. Nobody was camped outside of the tomb with streamers and a banner, welcome savior of the world. Nobody had kind of a a worship band with Tim Hughes ready, greatest day in history when he he came out. Nobody had that kind of stuff. Nobody was going 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Because nobody thought it was going to happen. He is dead. It is nonsense. Dead men don't walk from the grave. Don't don't you find it fascinating that that the guys who wrote the Gospels didn't write themselves in very well? I mean, I do. If I was trying to perpetuate a story that Jesus had risen from the dead somehow and and that, that he'd passed the whole thing on to me and I was supposed to lead the whole thing, the whole deal, I'd have written myself in in a different way. I was there outside the tomb. Nobody else believed he was going to come, but I was there. I believed it. I knew what was going to happen. They all ran away. I didn't run away. I was there with streamers and a Graham Kendrick band. We were ready to sing. Greatest day in history. It was going to be incredible. And I was there and Jesus met me. And Jesus said, I pass the whole thing on to you because you're the faithful one. That's what I would have written. But they didn't. They wrote, we were fearful. We were denying. We were betraying. And we didn't believe it was going to happen. And even when we saw it with our own eyes initially, we didn't say it must be that Jesus is God. He has risen from the dead. No, no, something happened. Something happened that changed everything. They met Jesus. The stone was rolled away, the grave clothes stacked neatly, and what he promised he had done, and what he said he would do, he did. And death has been defeated, and hell has been overturned, and victory is secure, and eternity is certain, because Jesus has risen from the dead. They met him. They met him, and he was alive. And these frightened and doubting and non-expectant men and women accountants and terrorists and fishermen and soon-to-be scholars. 
It's really interesting. They didn't run around saying, well, the body was gone, and if the body was gone, there were only two groups of people that could have taken the body. There were the, the, the authorities, and they clearly haven't got the body because if they had the body, they would produce the body and say, he's not alive, he's dead, here's his dead body. And it wasn't us. I mean, how would we get in there because it was a huge stone and we had to unwrap the cloths and carry him away and we were frightened anyway. And why would we die for a lie? And they didn't put any of that kind of apologetic stuff into the scheme, although it could have been true because it would have convinced people for a little period of time. They just said this. We met him. He's alive. He's revealed himself to us. And it changed everything. Peter and John. And Peter and John were fearful guys. They were hiding for fear of the Jews, but a few weeks later, they're preaching in the town square and they're saying, Jesus is alive. And they're starting to heal people. And people who are, who are lame are walking and running around saying, Jesus healed me. And then Peter and John are arrested and they stand before the same people they were frightened of. And they say this. They say, you killed the author of life. I mean, they're fronting the Jewish authorities. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. And we are witnesses of these things. You may not believe about Jesus, what we believe about Jesus, but let me tell you what I've seen and what I have experienced to myself. He is alive. And not just Peter and John, but Paul. And Paul was the, was the arch cynic and the arch opposer of Jesus and Jesus' people, but he says this in his writings, he proved that he was the son of God by his resurrection from the dead. And Luke is a doctor, and Luke is finickety and into detail, and he, he, he says Jesus rose from the dead, and James is Jesus' brother. I mean, those of you who've got brothers, what is it going to take to convince your brother that you are the son of God? Really? What is it going to take to convince your brother that you are the son of God? Absolutely nothing apart from he sees you killed. He's heard your teaching. And on the third day, he sees you alive again. Do you know, I, I follow Jesus. And I believe this is the best day any year. Easter Sunday when we celebrate the aliveness of Jesus. Why? Not because I've got all my questions answered, because I've got a whole stack of other questions, and I don't understand this, and I'm not sure about that, and I I don't understand why certain things don't happen and why other things do happen. I I really haven't got it all down. Not, not, Not because it's the best way to live your life, although it definitely is the best way to live your life, but I follow Jesus because I've met him, because he's alive. Because he's here. Because he changes things. And here's the thing. The same Jesus who is here this morning. Some of you walked in here thinking, you know what? I think Jesus is probably dead, but this looks interesting. The same Jesus who is here this morning is exactly the same as he was when he came out of the tomb. He still forgives. He still offers life. He still heals He still transforms situations. And he is here. And you can meet him. 
I can't think of a better day to meet Jesus than the day of his resurrection. Can you? He is alive. Should we pray? And here's the thing, in the quietness, whether you've known Jesus for exactly four seconds or for 80 years, whether this is your first time in church or it's your hundredth time in church, just in the quietness, why don't you introduce yourself to the Jesus that introduces himself to you? And just for a moment, tell him your stuff. And if you've come, and you've come needing forgiveness, then you just ask him for that, and he's giving. And if you've come and you need healing, you ask him for that, and he's giving. And if you've come and you need restoration with somebody else, then you ask him for that, and he's giving, and then you go sort it out later. And if you've, if you've come needing saving because you just don't know where you're going and who you are and what you're about and, and whether you actually believe this God thing, then you ask him and he's giving. Let him convince you of his life. Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come in this place. Spirit of Jesus, would you introduce us to Jesus? Thank you for your love. Thank you for your grace. We thank you for your power. Would you come now? Amen.